Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Bears finally get back in the win column without Matt Nagy calling plays. Who would have thought that Matt Nagy not calling plays would get the Bears a win? So, are the Bears back in Chicago? Or were the Lions that bad? Or did the Lions not show up? Is Matt Nagy's play calling career over? Is Coach Laser going to be an offensive guru-minded offensive coordinator? We discuss all that here and more on the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into all of that, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube, the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Please, if you're listening to this in podcast form, if you're listening to it on Apple, please Follow it. Follow it so you get the latest updates when these episodes drop. Please leave it a five-star review or a four-star review, whichever you feel. Leave a comment on how to get better. If you're listening to it on Spotify or Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, please follow it as well to get the latest updates on these episodes. Share it out. Subscribe to it. All that good stuff. Also, this podcast can be found on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, so go to bellyupsports.com, see the podcast there, check out all the other podcasts there. They have podcasts and blogs for every single sport, even fantasy sports, even things that aren't even sports, you can find on there. And betting is in full swing. I'm making bets. 
lot of other podcasts and people in sports are giving you different ideas how to make bets. And hopefully you are listening to me when we come into NFL picks and all that. Hopefully you're making some money. If you go to mybookie.ag and use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, it will double your very first deposit, which will also let them know that I sent you. Also, I know you're listening to the Coach Steve Show podcast, and it helps out this podcast grow and the Belly Up Sports website grow. If you go to mybookie.ag and use Belly Up Fantasy, it doubles your first deposit. You can do same-game parlays. You can do multiple in-game picks. And if you defo- deposit 50 bucks, use the code, you get 100 bucks. It's free money. Who doesn't like free money? Go to that website, use the code, let them know I sent you. It helps us out, and it helps you win money. Who doesn't like money? And who does not like free money? So please go do all that for me, and I appreciate you guys listening so much. Big, we got a nice show for you today. We are going to go over... Bear down, Chicago Bears finally getting a win. 24-14 over MCDC, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions came to Chicago, to the Windy City, to the new Arlington Heights, Chicago Bears. Justin Fields getting a start. Andy Dunn still battling a bruised knee. Nick Foles backing up the rookie. And it was... A mystery. It was wonder of who was going to call plays. Was it the failed guru of Matt Nagy, or was it going to be Coach Laser to be calling plays coming into the game? You immediately saw that Matt Nagy was not calling plays. He did not have his sheet over his face calling plays. He had the sheet wandering the sideline on the headset talking to somebody, and you immediately saw... There was a difference in the offense for the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy finally gave up play calling, something that Chicago fans have been asking for since last year for him to give up play calling. People like Matt Nagy for some reason. I know like Pat McAfee, who I respect, is a big reason why he's one of the reasons why I want to do sports podcasting. He likes Matt Nagy. He thinks he does a good job. There's other people out there in the NFL world that like Matt Nagy and think he does a good job. I personally think he doesn't. Does his offense fit somebody else? Probably. But he's not good at adjusting to what he has. We saw last year when he gave it up halfway through the year and Coach Laser came in. You saw a completely different offense. Tight ends were being used, double tight ends, unbalanced formations, getting Mitch out of the pocket, getting Nick Foles to throw differently getting Mitch to throw on the run, and doing all this creative stuff. They got to the red zone. They used Jimmy Graham more, the way they were running, jet motions, and all that other stuff. Coach Laser this Sunday dialed it up. They got the ball first, marched right down the field, and scored. A lot of run plays. A lot of moving the pocket. A lot of keeping a tight end to blocks. Now you got six-man protection. There was times where they had a tight end stay in block and a running back chip and block, so you had seven-man protection until the running back would leak out. Coach Laser dialed it up for the Chicago Bears this Sunday versus the Lions. Justin Fields was 11 of 17 for 209 yards passing, even though he did get sacked one time for 24 yards because he did fumble it. He had no touchdowns. So basically when they get sacked, they take away their pass um, yards, which I find incredibly stupid. So he technically, in their in their book, had 185 yards passing, but in real reality, he had 209 yards passing. 
The run game was there. David Montgomery had 106 yards rushing. Williams had 55 yards rushing. Uh, Darrell Mooney came to play, had 125 yards receiving. Allen Robertson um, came in with uh, 63 yards. He was targeted three times with three uh, receptions. The offense for the Chicago Bears came to play. The offensive line played better. Now, I think that's also because the Detroit Lions, no offense to them, their defensive line was not like the Cleveland Browns. You did not have that type of like Clowney coming on there and everything else. The Detroit Lions defensive line was not the best. But you got to take what you can give you. Um, football is a game of confidence. It's a game of inches. And it's a game of playing now. So against the Browns, the, the, the offensive line for the Bears did not play well. They couldn't block somebody on Twitter if they tried. They couldn't do a, you know block somebody's face and put their hand right in front of any of that. Detroit Lions defensive line was not very good, so the Bears def- offensive line did what was supposed to happen. But pressure was taking off of them with runs up the middle, and then when they start to pack in the line, they could shift the pocket. They could do a couple rollouts. They would jet motion to get the defense to look that way, fake. They were um, doing all that type of stuff. And once the run game gets going, that we've seen this before. When you get the run game going in the NFL, or pretty much anywhere, even if I don't care what offense you run, you get the run game going, that makes the quarterback's job easier. And I've said this from the get-go. Justin Fields will be more comfortable and be able to be confident in the throws he makes if he has a competent run game. At Ohio State, he had two running backs that could get him 100 to 150 yards rushing apiece. So you're looking at between 200 and 300 yards of rushing yards per game for Ohio State when Justin Fields was the quarterback, which allowed him to be comfortable in the pocket because they would drop and only bring three or four he was able to read, even though he's a one-read quarterback. He'd stand there and see if he could get his one-read or his check down. But regardless, it makes him feel more comfortable when they drop, you know, everybody and only bring three or four, and he stands in the pocket. Now he can go run, which is what he can do, and I've said that from the get-go. You have to play to Justin Fields' strengths. You have to be able to call plays for him. When you get the run game going, you're doing eye candy stuff. You're giving that offensive line some confidence. When you when you when the offensive line knows I'm gonna have a tight end here, a wing here to help me block, maybe you bring another lineman in to go on balance when you're gonna keep the running back in and all that, that gives them a lot of confidence to stay in and block or know that they have some help. Pressure takes off of them. They're not thinking as much, they're not giving up as much ground. It helps. So when Justin Fields has a run game and have protection, he looks way more comfortable like he did this Sunday. There were some throws he overthrew. There were some he didn't complete, but they ran the ball a lot more to help take the pressure off him. It is He is a rookie, and I've never once said Justin Fields isn't good. I just don't think he is as good as everyone says he is now. Typical Ohio-type fans that have come out and said that, and some Bears fans need to take a step back with all that. But I also have said if you call the right game for Justin Fields, he is going to do better. So when you move the pocket, you – Keep the game plan simple. You get some medium throws. You have that run game. He's able to make post throws, deep out throws. Like we saw, he had two really dime throws, which he can do when you give him time in the pocket, and he doesn't get pressure. Okay? Now, what I mean by he's a one-read quarterback, 
and this is me probably just defending more about what I say. Daryl Mooney had 125 yards uh, receiving on five receptions, which that doesn't mean he was targeting, but once he has his guy, that's what he's going to look to. But lucky for him, if he if Daryl Mooney can make catches and they get him open and they have Allen Robertson to get him open, there's two. So we can start to get the progression for Justin Fields in his routes, in his in the game plan to throw to more than one guy like we saw at Ohio State. So when you get David Montgomery going, you get Williams running the ball pretty well, it helps. David Montgomery had 23 carries, Williams had eight carries. That's a you know. That's 31 yard. That's 31 carries. Justin Fields threw the ball 17 times. I mean, I think that's pretty good. They had a good game plan. Coach Laser said it coming into the game. Their game planning and the play calling for them um, against the Browns was terrible. So you, it just looked like a completely different offense. It looked very similar to what we saw in the middle of the season last year when Matt Nagy gave up play calling which we have called for for a while, but that does help. So offensively, the Bears looked better. They looked competent. They were able to run the ball. Justin Fields was able to read the field, which will get better as the year goes on. The more he's playing, the more he's practicing. We've all seen it. And if he can start being confident, making those throws, getting the ball out quicker, and able to hit those deeper post-type routes or corner routes or the quick out routes that are a little medium to longer throws when he's getting times in the pocket, man, it's going to look pretty good. And Coach Laser has to continue to call plays for this to happen. But he didn't even do anything that crazy. He played to the strengths of the players he has. He knows the offensive line is struggling until they get healthy. So how do you take pressure off the offensive line? Well, you keep the game plan simple. You go to what they can do. So if they can run zone plays and try to move people inside instead of outside, that's what you're going to do. If they need help pass protecting, you're going to keep a tight end in, a wing in, you're going to keep a running back in to chip block to really help do that. Maybe you move a little bit, uh, you know, maybe you do more quick wrap behind it, maybe you run a quick screen out there, all that stuff to really help the offensive line. That's what he was doing, which Matt Nagy did his first year and has not done really much of it since. So it's just great to see this energy from Coach Laser calling plays, being a little competent. Justin Fields was very confident, making good throws. Uh, David Montgomery is running like a madman. He got about two to three miles per hour faster over this offseason, I believe. So he looked pretty good. Now, on the flip side, I do not think the Detroit Lions looked that bad. Yeah, their defense, eh, you know, they they sometimes had us stopped or, like I said, made a play, but they give up a big run to us or miss a tackle and everything else. Their offense really didn't look that bad. They did march down the field towards the red zone a couple times. There was that one where uh, Jared Goff was making a check, and they snapped the ball to him. One went off his crotch. Like, that type of stuff that they weren't – that is just shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, if you look at Jared – if you, all you guys out there are big numbers people. You look out at Jared Goff, he was 24-38 for 299 yards with two touchdowns. Now, we did sack him four times, so I guess in the NFL book – he had 258 yards passing, but, I mean, he that, those numbers are not that bad. Jamal Williams had 66 yards rushing, receiving. They threw it. He kind of, you know, went all over the place. You know, 83 yards here, 70 yards here, 46 yards here, 42 yards here, 33 yards there. I mean, what, what kind of hurt them was turnovers. You know, 
Three fumbles for Jared Goff. He lost two of them and uh, recovered one of them. And then, like, Justin Fields fumbled it once, and but he was able to recover it. So, I mean, technically no turnovers there, but when you turn the ball over and give it back to the Bears, who have some confidence with, with laser calling plays. But, I mean, in all reality, Detroit is it plays very tough. So our offense came to play. Our defense allowed them to get down the field, but then things happened. You know, sometimes we stopped them, made them score on a third or a fourth down. They shot themselves in the foot. If they don't turn the ball over, he doesn't fumble it. They don't snap the ball when he ain't ready to do it. Maybe they score. It's a closer game. If we don't make a field goal, if Justin Fields fumbles the ball and we don't get it, they come down and score. So this was a closer game than 24-14 to or I think at one point it was 21-7 or 24-7. It was closer than that. So it was as good as the offense played for the Bears. They could have played better. Maybe could have got a little more. But Detroit Lions were not that bad team. They're 0-4. They might be one of the best. Maybe I think they might be the only winless team. But they are – I think they're better than Jacksonville. They are probably the best 0-4 team, not, maybe not we've ever seen, but in recent memory, one of the best 0-4 teams because they are right there. Jared Goff is not a terrible quarterback. He just does not have a lot of weapons. But for the little of weapons that he has to get to 300 yards passing against a Bears defense who can be a Super Bowl caliber defense, I think is pretty. it's pretty good. Um, You know, they made us punt couple times we made them punt a couple times their defenses were pretty good I mean Chicago I mean we scored you know we were up 24 to 7 in the third quarter and we don't score in the fourth quarter they come down and score and we're just a couple plays away from them making a uh in a closer game you know they could have scored in the in the first half so Detroit Lions fans they just you guys just do Detroit Lion things, and I understand it from a bear. Sometimes we do just bear things, you know, bear down. It's always bear down. I, I you know, I try to do the Pat Mac thing. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and we sometimes go down. Lions, you guys just have Lions things happen to you. But Jared Goff is not playing bad. The offense is spreading it out. They just they need more consistency from them. They just made way too many mistakes on their end. So for us Bears fans, we are going to enjoy the win. We're going to enjoy that the offense is actually playing well. Um, we love that Matt Nagy's not calling plays anymore. Some are even calling for Laser to be the head coach, which I don't know if you go that far because we have to be able to see how Matt Nagy handles. Um, it'd be interesting to see him just be a head coach and be the CEO and kind of have his fingerprints all over the place. Uh, and him not call offense, I would love to see that because during that time that Coach Laser called the offense before last year, uh, the the Bears looked competent. You know, the defense played better. The offense played better. He was just kind of the CEO. He was just helping game plan. He was helping getting everything ready, you know, try to be that motivator, and it didn't go too bad. So maybe that's who he is. You know, we talk bad about him being a head coach, but mainly because of his offensive play calling, some of the comments he makes and stuff. But if he was just the CEO, I wonder if he would do a better job. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes, like I know sometimes Bill Belichick, they, they kind of say he calls the defense. I think he just has a huge input on it, and he's the CEO, and they do pretty well. There are some head coaches that are just not meant to be the head coach and call plays or not do it for a very long time. Um, I know in Green Bay, he calls the plays. Uh, LaFleur, he calls plays and is the head coach. 
but no offense, he also has Aaron Rodgers, so it kind of helps. Aaron Rodgers is kind of his offensive coordinator on the field. And sometimes it's okay to be the head coach and not call plays or not call plays, and sometimes it just doesn't work out, and that's okay. Maybe Matt Nagy needs to be that CEO. Maybe he just needs to oversee everything and make sure things are going well. Still have some input on offense, of course, but let Laser do his thing. Maybe you go coach quarterback with Justin Fields. Maybe you go develop him. Maybe you help develop, you know, Coach Andy Donald a little too. Just stick to that. Let Laser call the offense. You send the offensive meetings. Sit in the defensive meetings to see what's going on because it's your team. If you do that and we start doing success, keep him as a coach as long as he never calls plays ever again. Detroit Lions fans, do not put your head down. You are very close to being 2-2. and You are very close to being 2-2. and Could it be Baltimore? But you had to lose on a Lions way of a historical 67-yard field goal. You possibly could have beat, you know, my Bears. But just a lot of mistakes, snapping the ball, and he wasn't ready, doing this, doing that. Um, you, a couple of tight throws were made from the Bears. Very close to beating us, so was, I'm glad the Bears won. But I don't think we need to sit here and say, oh, man, like, and it was just the Lions. And, yeah, maybe it is just the Lions, but the Lions are not that terrible. So we need to really, you know, appreciate this win that we beat a Lions team that could be 2-2 two and two, or coming in and have a win just like us beating a Baltimore team that is very good. So I think we need to appreciate this win and not overlook like, oh, we just beat the Lions. No, we beat the Lions, who are pretty good. MCDC come to town is a tough game. They're going to come at your kneecaps, and they did. They did, but great for the great for the Bears. Finally, Matt Nagy now calling plays. We look competent. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next week um, when we go play the Raiders in Las Vegas. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, we'll have a different episode to look for that recap or that preview of what's going on. Uh, so it was a great, great time to be a Bears fan. Bear down. Great to be Arlington Heights, uh, Arlington Park Bears fan. Excited for them to move on to Arlington. I really like the fact that they're buying that. Uh, Soldier Field is just, um, it's just too many hoops you got to jump through Chicago with them running out Soldier Field to really do it um any add-ons the one add-on they put on it just looks like a spaceship landed on it but that's what they got approved it takes forever for the city of chicago to approve it whichever mayor it is right now the mayor of chicago is not the most favorite and they do not get along with with the mayor a lot as long as a lot of people in the city of chicago don't get along with the mayor there um they do have a lease till 2033 i know previously uh the commissioner in the nfl roger cadell has said they will talk about getting them out of that you know it's going to cost like $80 million, which the NFL could definitely afford because NFL is about making money. If the Bears move to Arlington, which they are, they've gotten approved for that. Now the actual buying of it, I think, might take a year. They're going to own all that land. Now they could build something. Now the question is, are they going to have a regular stadium kind of like they do that at Soldier Field? Are they going to make a, a dome that can open and close so you know they can have it open sometimes? Bears usually have a home field advantage in the winter because of the snow. But then if you have a dome, you can host NCAA basketball tournaments and all that stuff to make money to help do that. They're talking about building hotels for just the, those type of events. Talking about building a casino for sports betting because it's legal in Illinois. Like all that stuff, which is fantastic. Some like the history of Soldier Field and they need to stay there. But 
It is a pain. Anybody that's ever gone to Soldier Field, it can be a big pain. I've never driven there. I've taken the train. Then you got to make this big, long walk through there, which is all cool. It's very historic. Um, you can, when you build your stadium, you can mimic some of that um, old schoolness. Um, but it is tough when you are an NFL franchise, one of the oldest in history, in this huge city of Chicago, and you don't own it. You have to lease it out. Maybe Chicago just lets them buy it. If they would have let them buy Soldier Field, maybe they would have stayed. They historically have played on the lake, you know, and all that stuff. But I'm really, I think it's cool. I think they can make parking easier. It'll be easier to drive to Arlington. You could have this train just go straight to Arlington. That's a Bears like Express or two. Like there's so many things you can do, kind of like what New England does with their train to get them into from from Boston into the to the um, stadium there. There's so much you could do. So glad that the Bears going to Arlington, Arlington Heights here in Illinois and the suburbs. I like it. A lot of people don't, but I think it's great. It's a good money thing. And more personally for me, it'd be a lot easier to get to a game. Love it. People, uh, I know the history side, but I think you can bring some of that history there. You can mimic. You can make these halls of George Hallis. You can have all this history. I think you can build like this entrance to look have like an old school look, but it's a newer look, if that makes sense. there's It's just endless possibilities. This is not going to happen for many, many years because you have to have the, you have to buy it. They have to get all that done, which they did, but now I heard it's going to take a year. Then you got to fight to get out of the lease. Then you have to come up with this plan to how much land are you going to need. I think you have to redo roads and build this stuff. So it's going to take years. I mean, it's probably going to take five years, if not longer, to build this. But Roger Goodell will help them get out of it. He, if the Bears make money, they're going to make money. And Arlington's just going to boom. There's going to be jobs, going to be restaurants, going to be stores. You're going to have the hotel, you're going to have the casino, the workers in that stadium. And then, and then if you have college football games there, if you have um, if it's a dome and you start to host NCAA basketball tournaments, uh, do you you know have huge college games there? So like if you have number one versus number five, or like you see. At the beginning of the year, sometimes when you've got a neutral site, can this be a neutral site for a college football game? Can this be a neutral site for a college basketball game? Um, Could it be used to host Illinois high school state? You know, right now, Illinois high school football state is um, at the U of I football field one year, and then the next year they'll go play at NIU. Could they do that for football? Absolutely. Basketball right now is going to be at the U of I. Could you use this for a state tournament? Like, all this stuff is possible. Um, you could host way other sports than the ones I'm talking about, but I think a lot it can come can be good out of them going to Arlington, not being so deep into the city, so hard to drive there, so hard to maneuver in the city of Chicago and do all that. I think it's going to be great. To end the show, we're going to talk about my NFL picks that I had for Week Four. In week three, I went 13-3. and three. Hopefully you picked some. And my, my week three bets were 3-0. and oh. I was on a hot streak. My week four, picking the teams to win or lose, I went 11-5. and five. Now, that's not terrible, but, it, I mean, to go from 11-3 to 11-5, eh. But to be 11-5 is not bad. I will take it. There were some, some games that I, you know... I didn't think the Jets were going to beat Tennessee. I picked Detroit to beat the Lions, or Detroit to beat the Bears, sorry, even though the Bears are my team. But just the way things were going, who knew what was going to happen? Thought maybe, you know, to do that. 
thought New Orleans was going to play better, but 11-5, I'll take it. Now my bets, I took Tennessee minus 6.5. They, they pooped all over that. I had Tampa Bay minus 6 versus New England. New England came out and played way better than I thought they were. Tampa Bay didn't play as great as I thought they were. New England probably should have won that game. So I had Tampa minus 6.5, did not get that. Buffalo versus Houston, I took the over. I was off by seven points. If Houston would have freaking scored, if they would have scored and, and Buffalo had a field goal, I would have taken it, so I was close. I was not far off with that, but I did not get that. But Detroit and Chicago, I took the under minus, I took my under 41 and a half. I was able to get that with 38. So I got one of them right. So I was one in three on my bets, not the greatest. Um, and then our next NFL episode, I will give you my NFL week five picks and bets. Hopefully I get uh, better bets. Uh, 11 and five record is not bad for my picks. Um, so hopefully if you listen to those picks and you just bet on a single game and you went to my bookie and used that code to get some money and you were just picking regular bets, maybe you parlayed some and made some money. I know I did some, I parlayed and got some. Hopefully you did that. Um, and there we go. We're wrapping it up on this episode again. Thank you guys for listening. Um, go check out other episodes. Check out all the other affiliates in the descriptions below. Subscribe, follow, share out, all that good stuff. I appreciate it so much. Go check out all that stuff. Check out the episodes. Check out future episodes when we drop in many more each week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.